Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome back. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady. Today's topic is continuing on volunteerism and we have JC as my co-host here. Hi there. And a very special guest, Penny Cedar, CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Seminole Apopka in Central Florida. Hey, Penny. Hi, Penny. Thank you, Wendy, for having me. Yeah, so I wanted to dive in a little bit more specifically on um, how I say I'm an HR director, I'm an HR manager, I'm a business manager, and I want to start up a volunteer program, and I'm gung-ho that it's going to be with Habitat. Uh, how does Habitat work? Like how you mentioned earlier that you don't give away these houses. So how do people apply to be considered a homeowner? Is it only new homes? Is it refurbished homes? Uh, there's hours that need to get put into it, right? Like work hours? Yes. So um, once again, you know, at, at my particular Habitat affiliate, we do mostly new single family homes or, or townhouses. And depending on where you are, what part of the country or uh, what part of the world you might be in, the product may be a little bit different. Uh, and it might be high density or maybe single family. Uh, sometimes it's, it's rehabbing homes, like you mentioned. And sometimes some habitats, you know, go in after disaster and do disaster recovery. And some habitats do uh, rehab work. Um, <clears throat> but regardless of what of what that looks like in your particular community, there are always three criteria for becoming a Habitat homeowner. Um, and uh, it always starts off with the, um, you know, is there is there a verifiable housing need? Is there an ability to pay? And is there the willingness to partner? So let's go to, uh, is there a need? So um, is there a verifiable housing need? Um, is the family paying more than 30% of their income on their housing costs? Uh, are they living in deplorable living conditions with holes in the roof or in the, I've seen it where, you know, uh, they've got holes in their floors, uh, don't have running water. Uh, you know, the, the landlord's not keeping up with, um, with what they should be doing to, to you know, for decent housing. They could be living in um, government-subsidized houses. We have lots of families that we've gotten out of Section 8 um, situations. Now they're completely on their own and own their own home, which is really awesome. Uh, but anyway, that's those things that I just mentioned are examples of um, you know a verifiable housing need. So the second criteria for being a Habitat homeowner is uh, the ability to pay. Does the family have income that we can verify that is a steady income, but still they fall in the, um, in the, it, they still fall into um, a low to moderate income level. And that, that 
that low to moderate income level um, changes from location to location. So what might be low to moderate income in New York City is a little different than it is here in Orlando and in California and in Guatemala, et cetera. Um, So, but we always want to make sure that we keep the housing costs to 30%, 30, 30 to 35% of their, of their pay. So, but we, so we have to make sure because they're going to take on a modest mortgage. We have to make sure that they do have the ability to pay at least a modest mortgage. And then I think the thing that makes Habitat for Humanity's home buying program so very unique is the um, partnership part of what we do. And Penny, this this part is fascinating to me, the willingness to partner with Habitat. I'm looking forward to this one right here. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm just excited a little bit. I want to learn. Yeah, no. It is really, it is really what I think makes our program so incredibly successful. Yeah, um, our home buyers don't have to have to put a monetary down payment on their house, but what they have to do is sweat equity. And really, what I call sweat equity is that it's a non-monetary down payment on their house. It's a commitment that shows that they. Um, are really serious and want something different for themselves and they're willing to be part of their own solution. So they participate, our, our home buyers participate in mandatory financial wellness classes. They come and help build their house and other people's houses. And they can also participate in a variety of other approved community service type work that goes towards their sweat equity. And when a family completes 80% of their sweat equity, um, they can choose their lot or where they are going to have their house built. But we take that sweat equity very seriously. Um, so they have to complete their classes. They need to have done a majority of their sweat equity. And that's when they can start to really say, okay, this is where I'm going to, this is where my house is going to be. And a um, true willingness to partnership. You're not just receiving. You are now part of the community giving back to help others as well. Yes, for sure. And uh, we talk a lot about civic engagement in our in those classes, in those educational classes. We talk about um, you know being a good neighbor, taking care of your house, putting together a monthly budget, planning for the future, saving money, things like you know um, you know considering pay, uh, saving for your kid's college and your four hundred one k. When you before when you're when before you buy a habitat house you could barely keep a roof over your head. Those things aren't even on your radar screen. So when you can free up people's, you know, money to do other things, they can really build some wealth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like, uh, you know, I've met many of these homeowners helping alongside many projects. And it seems to me like Habitat homeowners actually come away more educated than the regular homeowner who, you know, gets a, gets a loan, buys a place and goes, now what? <laughs> yes. I don't know how to fix the, the toilet. Um, I haven't figured out how to throw a hammer and I have no clue what you're talking about of a 401k or a 529 for my, my kid's college. Exactly. And I think much like this podcast is an educational tool. One of the things that I've gotten very excited about at Habitat is the ability to really educate the entire community. And as a result of that, at my affiliate, we have started something that we call um, our Habitat, um, uh, um, our, um, 
oh gosh, our, our Habitat um, Academy, Financial Academy. I'm sorry, I couldn't think of the word. And, um, and that is open to anybody who is interested in getting ready to buy a house, oh, wow. whether you're just a young couple or you're, um, you know, it's your first time buying a house or you're struggling. And that is open to the public. And we had um, 65 people graduate from that last year and hope for 100 this year. Those people were not necessarily in the program to buy a Habitat house, but in the market and having a willingness to buy a house, period. Wow, that's amazing. I just uh, Googled the website, you know, Habitat Habitat Financial Education and Definitely will be spreading this all over social media because I know when I bought my first house, you know, I'm pretty handy and figure things out. And fortunately, I was already a volunteer at Habitat, so I knew how to do some things. But whew, when things break, you don't know what to do. You go to YouTube and you're still like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also found it um, amazing and a little shocking at the same time about the 30% rule with the, with the mortgage being 30% of your income. Um, these days rent and mortgages are close to everybody's income, full income. So, uh, that, that's a, that's a challenge for sure there. It's, it certainly is. And, it, and it's becoming more and more of a challenge even for Habitat to create that affordable housing because of so many factors in the market, you know, inflation, supply chain issues, increased costs of materials and, and scarcity of materials with supply chain issues, but also then getting skilled labor. But, um, but we're still doing it. And, um, and we're actually doing it at a higher rate than we've done it before. So the need is out there. The community support is so important um, because together we we certainly can can really house um, this vulnerable population. So it's it's great. Just one real quick thing, folks, and Penny, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is real important to pop out at this point. Habitat for Humanity follows a non-discriminatory policy of family selection as well. So neither race nor religion is a factor in choosing Habitat's homeowners at the end of the day. Isn't that right? That's correct. Um, in fact, you know, we have to follow fair housing um, practices because we are off, oftentimes the mortgage lender. Uh, but um, yeah, so race doesn't matter. But I will say one of the things I'm very proud of at my particular affiliate is that we really are, uh, we are very concerned and, and have really put uh, a lot of effort into helping the BIPOC community close that wealth gap by, pro- by providing the ability to buy a house. And so as for many Americans, you know, ha- owning a home is the biggest asset that they have to, 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 to um, you know, give to, uh, you know, pass down um, over yeah. the generations. And so we're really proud of that. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, race doesn't matter. This is Excellent. correct. Thank you, Jason. Or, re- or religion, or religion, yeah. or any of those things. You know, Habitat uh, definitely uh, has is an ecumenical housing ministry, but we will build a house for anybody who is in need. Perfect, perfect. Hey, we'll be right back to continue this conversation and talk about other considerations for implementing any nonprofit volunteering program. 
Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.